0: Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of What's the Alternative. I'm your Tyler, you're the listener, and I'm your host, Tyler Herman. And as always, I'm going to do some discussion and talking and such about all the recent news in the electric vehicle and surrounding industries so that you don't have to subscribe to like 4 billion um, newsletters and such like I have. So trying to do some of that paring down for you and hopefully keep it kind of interesting. So I've got some housekeeping notes uh, this week. I'm back a little bit earlier than maybe I otherwise would have because I'm trying to get back on schedule with the recent break that I took. And, uh, you can expect an episode next week, um... So that should come out, I think, normal time. I don't, I don't really expect any any change next week. And then I want to give you all a fair warning that the following week or the week of the, I think it's the 26th, I will not be uploading episode because I will be on vacation in Chicago visiting my best friends. I um, haven't seen them in a long time, so I'm very excited about that trip. And actually, on the way, I'll be recording... Um, i be recording the first interview episode, or or guest episode, I should say, and I'm very, very excited about that one. So that is the the one with the gentleman who works at an oil refinery and will soon work at a renewable diesel refinery. Um, so if y'all have any any questions for for him in that episode or any topic discussions, uh, you've got you've got about a week and a half to get them to me. So uh, please do send them. I'm very excited to talk to him and any sort of uh, topics that that y'all need covered or think that I should talk about um, definitely very much welcome that that feedback in advance so that we can include all that in a discussion so as always you can find show notes for all of all of these articles down below now you can find links in the show notes I should say and um, this is pretty a pretty light Week in news. Um, I don't know if we're just kind of in a slump right now with with the industry. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Maybe you're just finally getting some correction from from the whole COVID situation. But regardless, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a break in my newsfeed. So to jump right in, um, first story of the day, we've got Rivian, the electric truck manufacturer. They have decided to patent a new maneuver that is enabled by their four-motor design. So with their, I think it's called the R1T pickup truck that they're supposed to be selling, I think, this year, um, they've got four independent motors on, on each of the wheels. And it's pretty interesting. that That kind of allows them to do some really cool stuff with maneuverability and one of these things we've already seen a lot of they call it like the tank turn where they can you know turn each motor independently and in different directions of each other uh, and allow it to literally spin in place without like moving forward or backwards at all it's really pretty impressive um and so they can do some really clever stuff with this and they're kind of pushing this off-road lifestyle and you know doing adventure and all that sort of stuff they're um the charging network the level 2 charging network that they're they're pushing out soon is something is called like the adventure network or something like that so they're really pushing that branding and these sorts of maneuver uh, maneuvers are really Really leaning into that and really kind of adding credence to what they're going for there. So it's pretty cool stuff. This new maneuver that they've patented, um, you just have to really open the article to kind of see it. It's hard to describe, but the idea, they're calling it a K turn. The idea is that you basically turn the front two wheels in the same direction, so say to the left, and you move them forward or, or backwards while rotating the the rear wheels in the opposite direction. And that allows for like a turn where the center of mass doesn't move quite as much. So you can kind of like more tightly corner. It's really kind of interesting. And um, I hope we see some videos of it soon because it sounds like a fascinating sort of des- um, sort of maneuver. So they've, they've decided to patent that. Um, and you know that, that kind of gives us a little bit of insight into what they're what they're looking at and these sorts of innovations they're trying to um, they're trying to leverage. Now the interesting thing with that, I think, is going to be seeing people learn how to use that effectively. It's like a whole new skill set. I think that owners are going to have to develop to actually properly use these maneuvers. But uh, I do suspect that we'll end up seeing some pretty cool some pretty cool stuff and driving footage. Coming out of the industry in the next couple years as these vehicles get on the road and as people kind of learn how to use them in very interesting and creative ways. So, moving right along, I got another deployment bit of news here. Uh, The city of Atlanta in Georgia is going to purchase 10 new electric transit buses. So, they do not currently operate any electric buses. I believe they have around 160 buses in their fleet. And they're all obviously going to be diesel. And through some FTA funding, so that's the Federal Transit Authority or agency or association, whatever that A stands for. Um, I think it's Administration. Uh, they do a grant every year that that transit agencies can take advantage of, and they've been pushing really hard for electric, um, electrification in the recent history. And so a lot of a lot of transit agencies are adding electric buses to their fleet through through this grant funding, and Atlanta is no exception. So love to see 10 new electric uh, their coach transit buses. So um, that'll be really exciting to see those on the road and kind of, you know, clean up our cities. Moving right along, um, this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, the state of Virginia has this website and app called Virginia 511 or 511, not sure exactly how it's supposed to be said. And it's really, really neat. Actually, it shows like all sorts of traffic data across their whole highway system, and it's just really interesting data for for motorists. I was very surprised when I opened it up and and was kind of perusing it, and it's honestly just very impressed with with the level of data that they provide to everybody. So it looks like it's real time traffic information and all sorts of cool stuff, and it also shows EV charging locations now. So they've just recently updated it. Uh, leave it already shows you know gas stations and and that sort of stuff for motorists as well, and they've you know went ahead and supported uh, or began supporting electric vehicle charging stations so it seems like an, a natural evolution of it but at the very least it, it got me interested in, in looking at this website and I'm kind of curious if other states have similar programs um, maybe Louisiana has Louisiana has one I'm not aware of it so I have to do some some digging there but I was very impressed with it and love to see electric vehicle support so moving right along, we've got a couple of items in the realm of energy. Um, Maine is no longer allowing offshore wind developments within state waters. So that's within three miles of the coast. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. You know, we've had we've talked about it a few times in this podcast, but we've had several instances of states um, having a lot of protests and a lot of pushback from the public and from especially fishing industries about offshore wind power. And how you know the turbines are either an eyesore for people who have coastal property or um, people are worried about them you know the wind turbines scaring off uh, fish and wildlife and that sort of thing and negatively impacting their business and so that's exactly what happened here is local lobster fishers were very concerned that offshore wind would reduce the available fishing waters and reduce uh, their yields and i i don't know a huge amount of the data here to be honest um, that seems like a pretty valid concern to me. I can definitely see that happening. I don't know if that's a, if it's actually borne out by the data. Uh, that's a pretty big gap in my knowledge there. Um, but either way, Maine has decided that they're going to restrict offshore wind developments. So it can be done in federal waters, so that's further than three miles out. Um, and it looks like there's a lot of technology coming around that makes wind developments that far out uh, much easier. So it, it shouldn't be that big of a hindrance, I don't think, but I guess we'll just have to see what the industry does with that. And again, I will say that it's a pretty big gap in my knowledge about offshore wind. I'm not deeply familiar with the technology there and and how it handles being um, in deeper waters. I think that the the shelf in, in the main area does drop off uh, a good bit further out than three miles. So I don't think it's that big of a deal here, and still relatively shallow water, so that shouldn't change too much. But either way, you're, you're now pumping that electricity through much more wire, and that'll reduce some of the efficiency and and increase some of the cost. But, uh, you know, I think that it just remains to be seen how much this is actually going to impact, which is going to impact development in Maine. Maybe they'll just move somewhere else. Who knows? So interesting story, uh, kind of a logical step. I'm not too surprised by this, and I'm really hoping that it doesn't have too much negative impact. So still on the topic of offshore wind, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management uh, released a request for information, I believe yesterday, regarding the interest in offshore wind in the Gulf of Mexico. So they basically put out this request for information saying, hey, is anybody interested in developing offshore wind in the Gulf? Um, Who wants it? Who wants to support it? You can put in in letters and all that sort of stuff um, to either support or um, anti-support. Uh, <laughs> offshore wind developments in, in the Gulf of Mexico. And I know that the Louisiana governor, John Bel Edwards, has has said a couple times that he really supports offshore wind in Louisiana and that we need to get in with that industry. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we'll get some of that and that we'll actually be uh, amenable to it here in Louisiana. But either way, this is kind of a, a big next step. So I'm hoping that some good information comes from this. And considering how incredibly widely the Gulf of Mexico is used for stuff like oil platforms, uh, if you look at maps of of oil platforms in the Gulf, it's pretty shocking. Um, I sure hope that that it's fine to put some turbines out there as well, and that nobody really protests. Especially if we're going to lose a lot of our oil and gas industry in the next decades, um, it'd be really nice if we can get in on on the next wave of of energy production. Right, uh, really help out both our our economy and also the climate by by moving to towards, towards offshore wind. So very excited about this sort of progress, and um, and yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it bears fruit, so I'm cautiously optimistic. This is the first step, but I think it's a necessary step. So the last item I have for you all today is an interesting kind of policy update, I guess. Um, a group of around 80 companies uh, wrote and signed a letter to Congress pressing for a 100% clean electricity mandate by 2035. So there's a whole list of the 80 companies that you can find in the... Um, the show notes. So I just have a link to the actual letter itself. And um, it's really interesting. You know, they're basically saying, hey, like, you should push a clean electricity mandate to go 100% zero carbon or net neutral by 2035. And a lot of these are basically saying, like, our Uh, carbon goals rely on the grid, you know? So some of the companies involved are like Tesla, where, you know, they have their vehicles that are being manufactured and everything. The manufacturing process does take electricity and then the vehicles run on electricity. So if they want to become carbon neutral across the board, uh, a clean electricity mandate really helps that and it helps them reach their sustainability goals. Um, Now, this is also one of those things that in a lot of ways, it might just be a PR move, and maybe it's not worth reading too much into, but either way, 80 gigantic companies signing this letter to Congress, um, and hopefully has an effect. So I did take down some of the, uh, the company names that I think are of note. These are really just the ones that I recognize the most and and think are the largest and maybe the most prominent that we should be paying attention to, but I absolutely have missed a couple big players in the list. Um, but the ones that I thought were particularly interesting are 3M, which is a huge company, uh, Apple, eBay, Exelon, Etsy, uh, General Motors, Google, HP Incorporated, Logitech, PayPal, Salesforce, Tesla, and Unilever. Um, so some, some pretty major major players there. Uh, some of them not terribly surprising. And companies like Logitech have, um, you know, they're they're pushing towards putting a carbon impact uh, basically sticker on every product that they sell that shows how much carbon it produces. That's something that they said that they're going to be pushing towards in the near future. Um, Hopefully we'll actually see that. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I know Salesforce has been pushing towards carbon neutrality uh, kind of across the board as well. Tesla's an obvious one. GM's an obvious one. Um, And Apple, kind of another obvious one. So not a huge amount of surprise with some of these players, but either way, um, 80 large companies signing a big old letter hopefully we'll, we'll see something come out of that. At the very least, it's interesting to see which ones there are willing to publicly talk about uh, wanting to go, you know, carbon neutral in the future. So that is all I have for y'all today. Again, kind of a kind of a short week, not a huge amount going on. So as always, you can provide feedback, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Archduke Tyler or any of the various ways you know how to contact me. Um, happy to hear, hear back from you. And um, If you have any questions for the upcoming guests, again, kind of steel industry stuff and oil industry stuff, uh, give me those questions. Give me the topics that you want want us to cover, and we'll try to do our best to do that for you. And in the meantime, you can check in again next week whenever you inevitably listen again, because let's be honest, what's the alternative?